Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, welcome to Your Natural Dog. I'm Angela Ardolino and my guest today is Jennifer Carter from Volhard Nutrition and what a fun conversation we're having today, mostly about changing our dog's diet and how so many of us are so stuck and feel like we can't do it because we have all these fears and kind of, you know, debunking those myths that puppies and adults and seniors should all have certain formulas. Cool tips like feeding our dogs with the seasons, packed full of awesome information coming up next. Hey, everybody. We're back with Jennifer Carter, and we're talking food. And I know that you're probably like, we're talking about food again. But I wanted to talk to you about this whole, like, this big, scary thing, changing your dog's diet, which I feel like we've overcomplicated things, and we need to simplify it. And I know that You know, when I'm at my store and, you know, you've got the person with the dog with the, he's always itching his ears or he's eating his paws and he's, you know, got a red belly and you go, well, well, what are you feeding them? And they're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to, I'm not, I can't, I can't change the diet. I finally, he's eating it. His poops are perfect. Can't, no, can't change it. And then I'm always thinking to myself, wow, what would we do if we had to eat the same thing? Every single day. And certainly we're not getting a big range of nutrients and, you know, antioxidants and vitamins and minerals from eating the same thing every day. How did this start? Like who put that in their head? Was it, was it veterinarians? You know, it's funny that you say that because change is hard for people on a whole, like just even in their daily lives. Sometimes it's difficult for them to switch gears and something terrible has to happen first. And then all of a sudden they're forced to switch gears. And so change becomes even more oppressive because now they feel pressured to fix things and they have no time to do it. Or they feel guilty because it could have been preventable, but they feel like they didn't do the right thing. And, you know, I talk to people every single day, Angela, and I They always start the conversation with, I know I should have changed my food six months ago, but I didn't. And now my poor dog. And I say to them, there's no point in beating yourself up about what would or could have happened prior to today with you and I talking. We have to move forward now. It's never too late to change the food of your dog, no matter what the circumstance is, whether it's a brand new puppy or it's a dog that has fallen ill. There's always time to make things better and making things better will give you more time with your dog. I love that. So I always tell people you have to embrace it a little bit. Yes, it is overwhelming. And I will tell you, so I, you know, being with Volhard Dog Nutrition, we have a commercially made product. The strength of this product, besides other things that we'll talk about, is that it is actually one of the best diets to make this transition with because 
I'll just be straight up with all of you. No one wants to be that person who's switching to raw feeding and is hacking up a body in their kitchen and wondering if they're doing it correctly or if the ratios are right or what their vet's going to say. You know, that's a lot of pressure to get started. And the beauty of Volhard is that we've done all that for you. So basically, if you want to become a natural feeder, you can do it safely until you get yourself up to speed if you want to even go further and do a homemade diet. So we're going to talk about embracing change and proactive thinking. <laughs> well, and I, but it is true. Like, even if you're not going raw, right? let's say you did a gently cooked diet or even way back in my days of being kibble, which is, you know, a good <laughs> 10 to 15 years ago, that even changing the kibble is scary. Right. Because you never know what the reaction is. And then when you think about, when I think about my old way of thinking and what we were taught and how we were brainwashed to think this certain way, and now how I think now, which is why I want to share this with pet parents, is real food is real food is real food. What works for us is going to work for them. If we want organic and we want our cows to be eating grass like they're supposed to, that's what our pets need also. We want to make sure that it is real food and that we need variety. Nobody, no animal on this face of the earth should be eating the same thing every day. My chickens don't eat the same thing every day. My pigs don't. My dogs don't. We don't. And there's a reason for that. Right. And you know what? It's so it's so easy when you break it down because really, honestly, as you're preparing your food, it helps you to eat better, right? We need things that are going to help us be the best versions of ourselves. If you want to create a goal around this, then you're going to feed your dog better because in turn, you're looking to feed yourself better. And same thing around exercising your dog. You get out and walk with your dog because you know you need to get up off the couch and walk yourself. I mean, it just, these things make us the better version of ourselves. So let's think about it this way. All that ugly vegetable, you know, the ugly vegetables that you can buy really inexpensively from the store, the ones that aren't pristine and, you know, beautifully shined up, those are really cheap. The other beautiful thing about that is that you don't care what the vegetable looked like prior to putting it in its one mouth. So you can chop those up, you can roast them, you can steam them, and you can add, even if you're feeding kibble, you can add at least 20% something fresh to the dog's bowl. You can be purposeful about it. If you're looking to get something out of it specific for an issue, you can be very purposeful about it, or you can be seasonal about it. You know, there there is a logical reason why things grow during certain times of the year. We're supposed to be eating them. <laughs> oh, I love that. And it makes sense that you can get it. You can get it. Get back to basic, really. Even if you were to just follow the seasons, what grows in the seasons, offer those things to your own body, offer those things to your dog's body, this is going to play into something much deeper than you and I will go into today. But that rabbit hole of Chinese medicine of connecting ourselves to the earth. And what you said, Angela, look, food is food is food. There isn't dog food. Okay, folks, kibble does not exist in the wild in a pile somewhere that you forage for it and you find it. It is a lab-created event. You find it in a bag in the grocery store. 
Okay, so let's just get past that. It is not fresh. It is not alive. Okay, so you're not going to find it, shouldn't it even be growing in food. your yard. Yeah, it's feed. It is feed. So here we go, right? We want to feed nourishing food as close to the whole food source as we possibly can. Now, there are some foods that dogs should not be eating. They're not good for the dog's body. You know what? There are some foods that humans should not be eating. It's not really good for our body. However, we have a more tolerant body. <laughs> right. So if it's just food and everything provided to us on this earth, however you believe that comes to us, if it's just food, then everyone should have access to it. Every living thing should have access to something fresh. So is this something that like you do on a regular basis? You've got pet parents who are now having an issue with their pet and they're pretty sure it's linked to diet. And so you're going to now help them figure out what diet is going to help their pet, meaning which one is biologically appropriate for that dog, for that breed, for their age, all of those considerations, and then kind of teach them how to wean. Because isn't it true? I... I switch my dogs, what my dogs feed, eat all the time. I don't, once in a while I'll cook when I have time, but I am those where I have my favorite, you know, 10 brands and I'm constantly mm -hmm. changing them. And I also have watched my rescue where I've had lots of dogs go from, you know, young to seniors and I had to switch their diet right. to seniors to geriatrics where I had to switch their diet again. So even if you do have a really happy, healthy dog who's doing great on a diet, you right. should be changing it up and you're going to have to change it at some point anyway, right? I agree wholeheartedly. So sourcing of where they get their ingredients. Is it on the East Coast all the time? Is it on the West Coast all the time? You know, our soil isn't as good as it once used to be. We're over farming our, our earth. So what happens is the vitamin and mineral complex and portfolio that used to be in this rich soil is lean. It's lackluster. And so we're having to find other things in order to bolster that what should come growing up in our food. It's not coming up there. So I'll give you an example. So, you know, you made this personal, Angela, and I'll, I'll bring in a personal story for folks. I have uh, a dog that was healthy, 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 going along fine. All of a sudden, said reflux. All of a sudden. Now, I was feeding her a good food. I, we had been off kibble a long time. And I was feeding her a good food. And all of a sudden, she was having this problem. And it was empty stomach syndrome. And she was, you know, just uh, bilitis vomiting. And then this acid reflux in the morning. And I was trying to get a handle on it. Did she have inflammation? You know, was it the food? Was it an ingredient intolerance? What was it? And I did a ton of tests. We went to the vet. We did everything short of a, you know, something invasive, like a scope or something like that. And... You know, what I figured out was feeding smaller meals over the course of the day really helped out, right? Now, okay, humans out there, how many times has someone told you, you shouldn't be eating three big meals a day. You should be eating five or so smaller meals in the day. Well, here we go, right? Here's the rapid application to that. I started to feed her smaller meals so that her body didn't have to process so hard. I changed the food up. I changed the food up a couple of times. I stepped away from certain ingredients. Sometimes you have to go backwards and simplify in order then to go forwards and figure out what is the irritant. Just like they do for us. 
Yes. So it's not that far off. I want you guys to realize that I'm not telling you something that your medical doctor hasn't suggested to you over some course of time in your life, you know, of how you should assess your own personal nutritional issues. It's the same for the dog. If they're struggling, you have to change. Now, I will, I will say this. If you make too many changes too fast, you don't know what's working and what isn't working. Okay, and this is the problem with some of the clients that we have is that they want to change it and they want to change everything and they want to do it right now. Well, you have to be kind of pragmatic about it because if you just add a bunch of stuff, supplements, well, my dog's feet are itching and they're having hot spots, ear infections, and I'm, my digestion is terrible, and you start throwing the kitchen sink at something, you have no idea what's working and what isn't. So what I would say is, and this is what I try to guide our clients, add one thing, get your diet back down to basics. Okay, you can go with a diet that's not balanced in an adult dog for a short period of time without a lot of damage. Okay, so you can back it down to where you're not feeding a really hefty ingredient base. Get to the point where some of the symptoms have subsided and then start to introduce some things back and say, okay, where's the trigger? I'm, I'm a big proponent of finding a root cause. You can go to your vet and you can get shot up with Apoquil. Okay, your dog's going to stop itching. I, that's wonderful, isn't it? When your dog's been making you absolutely nuts and your dog just lays there now, peaceful. Well, I'm going to tell you, every good thing has a price tag. And that Apoquil, it's got a price tag. And when you try to get your dog off of that, thinking they're healed, you never got to the root cause. All you did was manage it. You had a Band-Aid. And people don't realize what... I remember even bringing it up with one of my vets, a new, a new vet. And he was like, Apoquil's incredible. Why do you hate it so much? And I realized that even the veterinarians weren't aware that Apoquil's supposed to be given for like a couple days to stop the irritation so that you can figure out what's going on. Right. But nobody's figuring out what's going on. They're giving it to them for long periods of time. Nobody really wants to do the work. Right. They don't. And you have to. And we have to do the same thing with our own health. I remember going on an elimination diet and doing the same exact thing because you couldn't figure it out. And guess what? Nine times out of 10 with humans, it's going to be some preservative. It's going to be something added. It's usually right. something that something is synthetic, something synthetic that is going to throw you off. And, and you didn't know it could be that pizza. Like I remember, why is this pizza mm -hmm. make me die? And this pizza doesn't do right. anything to me. <laughs> right. Oh, because this pizza has, you know, is made with non-cheese. God knows where, how those tomatoes were grown to preserve, you know, the gluten, the everything else in it. So it really does make a difference. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to hear about some success stories. Like, I'm sure you get pet parents that are like, look, I'm trying this, but I'm not really sure I'm going to get anything out of it. Because I remember having that same thing going, all right, I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch to this dog has had no problem with chicken and beef for seven years, but all of a sudden she's having problems. Let's switch to a cooling protein and bam, done issue gone. So sometimes it's so simple, especially when they get older to simplify. So when we come back, let's talk about that. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. 
That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. All right, we are back with Jennifer Carter from Volhard Nutrition for dogs. And do you do cats too? We don't. Uh, not not as of right now. Um, we do have a couple of products that are uh, able to be consumed by cats, but no diets. No, good. I love it even more. I love that you're focusing on just the dogs. Have you met cats? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're a tough nugget. <laughs> They are a tough nugget, but they are different. So I like that you concentrate on dog nutrition. So when should dogs change their diets? Like, is there, you know, their first year, they need to be getting certain things, which of course, I know there's puppy formulas and adult formulas and senior formulas, which I'm sure things have to switch up. But aside from that, how many different things should we be feeding them? What should they be getting on a regular basis? So that's a great question. And I I get asked this a lot. You know, there are a lot of different reasons to make a change or to switch up. I would say in the era of caution, in this time frame that we're living in, where source is really difficult. So certain brands may have trouble maintaining a certain brand with the same ingredients because of sourcing issues. That's kind of the biggest driver right now of making sure that you have an alternate, right? If you stick with one brand, some of the problem is that if your dog becomes intolerant to that for whatever the reason or stops eating it for whatever the reason and you don't have other brands to go to, then I get the call of my dog has stopped eating, I'm freaking out, okay? So first thing, I'm going to clear the air. There's never been a dog that has starved itself to death. So I want everyone to stop thinking that if your dog stops eating for a couple of days, that they're going to inevitably die because they're going to starve themselves to death. That is a cat. That is not a dog. Okay? Dogs will eat when they get hungry. Now, in the wild, when they're not feeling well, they don't eat because they allow their body to purge things, to get rid of whatever's, whether it's indigestion or an injury or they're letting their body come to them. So don't panic. Second thing, if you have an alternative diet, that may be the time that you go to that alternative diet, freshen up the bowl, add something different, switch a protein. So my rule of thumb is this. Full Heart Dog Nutrition follows Chinese medicine. We're very, very attuned to the seasons. The seasons are connected to energy and organs in our body. Energy is in different organs at different times of the year. When that organ is struggling, it needs support. This is another reason to change up your diet. So let's say we just came into spring, right? Everybody's suffering with allergies. Our dogs, ourselves, we're pollen overwhelmed. If you have a dog like I do, that's a Yorkshire Terrier, that's allergic to herself, essentially, (laughs) We have, I change up her diet. I will introduce liver cleansing support. I will introduce certain 
organs if I think her organs need support. I will introduce vegetables that are in season that are going to help flush her system. Okay. This is a way that you could have. I'm not saying you have to do this by hand. There are plenty of choices out there that are good, that are transparent, that you can get an analysis from, that you can feel comfortable feeding a commercial diet, raw or gently cooked or whatever your choice is. You can then tailor that diet to what the dog needs that time of the year. So that would be another reason to rotate. Love that. So I don't like to rotate too often. Some dogs can handle that, a quick rotation, like once a week, uh, once every two weeks. It really depends on your dog. And you know your dog best as the pet parent. You know the best. My rule of thumb is you should be rotating four times a year, at least. Every quarter, you just kind of throw in something else. That covers your seasons, fall, winter, spring, summer. You don't want to be feeding lamb, which is a hot protein, in the middle of summer. You don't want that. You want to feed a cooling protein, something like rabbit, something like duck. When your dog is running around and wanting to be in the coolness, wanting to be in the water, you want to balance that for them. So this is how you can run your rotation. Angela, you also talked about stages of the dog's life. I'm not a huge believer in puppy specific food. That's just me. You guys can all pin me up by the short pants by it. But it's about the amount of calories that are going into that dog in the right ratios of nutrients so that they can grow appropriately. That has nothing to do with marketing, which is a cute little puppy on the bag that says, oh, this is higher in protein, it's higher in sugar, it's higher in all the things that are going to make your puppy grow better. Yeah, that's marketing. I would urge you to feed the same food as long as it is legitimately nutrient-dense for all stages. That's important. You don't want to choose a food that should definitely not be being fed to a puppy because it's just got the wrong things in it. But find a good food, one food. You can have your senior on that food and you can have your puppy on that food. It's all about a number of calories. Just like us. Again, after we stop breastfeeding, it's the same thing. Real food is real food is real food. And of course, there's going to be some things that a baby or a puppy is going to be more sensitive to or not be able to tolerate as as well as an adult dog. But yeah, I love that you did that because it is, it is marketing, puppy, adult, senior, and they do need some extra support. But most of the time it's supplementation and it's food is real food is real food. I am loving the seasons. I think that is an awesome um, way to look at it. What are some things that people can always add something to their their dog's dish to just add some nutrients and that pretty much every dog is going to do great with. Okay. Well, here's my tip of the day from Jen Carter. Awesome. Instead of going out and buying expensive probiotics in a jar that, okay, first of all, shouldn't be shelf stable, but okay, let's pretend like all are the same. My recommendation to you is, and this is the Jen Carter recommendation based on some real experimentation that we have done through Volhard with a swath of dogs and a feeding trial is go out and buy sauerkraut, fermented cabbage with sea salt, nothing else in it, 
and add that to your dog's food. It's going to provide a couple of things. It's going to provide a low sugar, high fiber opportunity to keep the digestive tract healthy. The sugar is eaten up in the cabbage by all of the good bacteria in the ferment. And so it's really a keto vegetable at that point. And then on top of that, all of that good bacteria is raring to go without having to be activated in some way. And it starts right in the mouth. So the health of the mouth and having the right bacteria in the mouth all the way swallowed to the stomach, to the gut, all the way through to the long intestine until you see it in your front yard. It's going to populate the gut with good, healthy bacteria that will keep yeast away, that will keep things, the type of bacteria that you don't want in your dog's body to be proliferate. It's going to keep the gut balanced. Having a balanced gut is going to lead to a healthy working immune system. And all of those other critical symptoms that you're seeing the foot chewing, the hot spots, the ear infections, the um, overabundance of the wrong bacteria on the teeth and in the mouth, SIBO, all of these things, they're, gonna, they're not going to exist. You're being proactive about it. That has to be the best tip, Jen Carter, that I think I've ever gotten. I'm going to add it tomorrow. Thank you. And do you know about mushrooms? I do. I do. Because that's like my newest thing of adding is because of what an amazing source of insoluble fiber and prebiotics and nutrients and minerals and everything else. So I love it. I'm going to add sauerkraut tomorrow. I love it. Thank you for that tip. And thank you for coming on. It Some of the best information I've gotten. Thank you so much. Where can people find out more about how to get in touch with you and Volhard? Uh, they can go right to our website. We um, It's volharddognutrition.com, and we have live chat, and live chat is monitored by myself. Uh, I'm the canine nutritionist there, and then also by our canine coach, uh, nutrition coach, Melissa Robertson. You'll get either one of us, and we can answer some questions on there. Um but we'll have a consultation opportunity. So if you have an in-depth problem and you really want to peel like back blood work and other tests and things like that, then we can get on with you and we can do that in a consultation uh, format. But yeah, you can find me there. We have had, you know, you had asked me about successes before this and, and I will tell you, you know, we've had a, a couple of real successes to just throw out there. We've had dogs come that Here's my biggest success, and you guys are going to laugh because I am known, and I'm going to use a nice term instead of the one that's actually used for me. I am the poop whisperer. <laughs> I don't know why I am so talented in stopping diarrhea, but I am. I am your girl. Awesome. Um, we have had many dogs, many people's dogs come to us where they've been going to the vet for two years of their young life, and they have had diarrhea the entire time. And the vets have not been able to stop it for whatever the reason. I will give you my, my earliest time, four days. And a dog that had been having diarrhea, a puppy, for two, the first two years of its life, never had a firm stool. I turned it around in four days. Awesome. If you've got a poop problem, I'm your girl, I guess. I don't know how else to say that <laughs> I nicely. <love> it. <laughs> well, I love that you said that because I lost my first dog because of that. Uh, she, 
I had diarrhea and then started throwing up and I start took her to, I lived across the street from a state of the art conventional vet. I mean, beautiful, everything. And I did everything that they I said. I can imagine. Um, lost her at age seven. This is where I learned everything. Oh. It's from her and even got an autopsy. And the only thing they found was IBD. And now I, I know better. But now that I know better, I feel that way also. I feel like I could right. take care of any diarrhea. And when and when I couldn't, it was for my 15 going on 16-year-old who I then realized that, okay, we're very geriatric and we're no longer producing digestive enzymes to break down the food. Right. And it, it all starts making sense when you understand it. But yes, it is. And I'm glad that you said that. So if you've got that dog that's not having those pretty poops, now you know, the poop whisperer, you know how to get in touch with her. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.